Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Love Pop Culture, the podcast where we talk about love, pop culture, and everything in between. I am your host, Kamika McCoy. This is Ashley. And I'm Autumn. And we're excited that you guys have yet, again, decided to join our head asses for another episode of this podcast. So on the roster day, we have a couple of topics. Um, Being friends with your significant other's friends, yes or no. Um, Dating the people that you work with who wants to spend that much time with their significant other. That's crazy. Um, A woman who found out that she was being cheated on um, after her husband died. Um, Moments of the week. um, We have another death in the hip hop community. So we'll talk about that a little bit in mental health. Um, And... We will end on a very positive note of black women who are wearing the crowns, literally, literally wearing the crowns. Queens. Queens. <laughs> Miss Teen USA, Miss USA, Miss Universe, Miss America. So let's go ahead and get to it. Y'all. Christmas is in two weeks. Thoughts? Uh, how how are we halfway through December already? I don't know. But that means holiday shopping. You know, if you're not a procrastinator, maybe you've grabbed a few things while you're walking around <laughs> from work to home. I don't know. I wait until literally the two nights before it's so bad. But have you started shopping, Kamiko? Or autumn. I mean, I've been grabbing things, of course, but <laughs> not for anyone else but myself. <laughs> so I think I always run into this problem. Um, usually I wait until the very last minute, like everyone else. But um, it's always just so stressful because now like you're supposed to be held accountable for giving gifts because now you're older and an adult. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted I wanted to change things this year with my yeah. family because there's six of us just in the immediate circle. And I'm like. Can we do Secret Santa slash White Elephant? Because, you know, times is hard out here. But I also haven't. We haven't even, like, picked names yet. So I have no idea. I have um, (laughs) not picked up anything um, except for, like, all the Black Friday deals. I was like, this Mm -hmm. would be nice for me. Mm -hmm. I love the way this looks on me. (laughs) (laughs) This would be useful to me. I have not thought about anybody else besides myself. And it's wild. Like, I'm really a selfish asshole because I'm really up here being like, man, I can't wait till I get to the gifts that other people are going to give me as well. Like, I haven't thought about getting anybody else a gift, but not only my purchasing gifts for myself, my unhumble ass thinking about the gifts that other people are going to give me. <laughs> What's the worst gift you've ever gotten? I don't Christmas? think I have ever received. No. Or the best. One time I asked my mom... I would like to disclaimer, I love my mom and she's an amazing gift giver. For one year, I specifically said out loud that I do not want a crock pot. (laughs) I don't like to cook. It's not a pastime of mine. If anything, I will eat my left hand before I really decide to like, I'm going to put some effort into a meal. If it's not readily available, it's not happening. So I told her, do not buy me a crock pot. Don't want a crock pot. Hate crock pots. When I opened up the gift, guess what it was? Cracky. A goddamn crock pot. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. I think maybe she was thinking you can throw everything in here and let it cook all day. No, that was exactly her thoughts. And I was like, so you're telling me I got to chop stuff up and saute? You still got to prep. 
Nah, no, I'm good. The I'm gonna. Behind it was cute though. It was a very thoughtful. Yeah. I'm on team mom with that one. No, I mean she was she was a good a good lady <laughs> for that. I didn't use it, and I mean like you know I'm sorry for being trash, but you know shout out to that crockpot wherever it's at. Someone's making good use of it. Someone's making chili. The worst gift that I've ever given was um, I think it was like a sweet sixteen or something like that, and I was always quirky. I gave somebody a snow cone maker. Wow. Yeah, weird shit. That's really cool. What was the thought behind that? Well, she had like a summer birthday. It was oh, summertime. And okay. I was just like, this would be some cool stuff. You know, put, throw some alcohol in it. You never know. It could be a really dope, you know, situation. But she, like the whole table, it was like a bunch of a table of like 16-year-old girls. I was the only weird one in there, which I don't even know how we was friends, to be completely honest. <laughs> But she opened everybody else like she's getting like Victoria's Secret gift cards. Oh my gosh, that was like and like oh, earrings top tier. and like <laughs> all types of cute stuff. And then she opens Claire. up my gift and it's a snow cone maker. She's like, oh, okay, oh wow. And I was like, I'm gonna throw myself off the balcony now. It's fine. Thanks. Bye. That's when you just sit back in your chair. <laughs> Don't even say that for me. Who <laughs> like this? Oh, that must have been from the next birthday party over there. Yeah, I think it's a six year old or something like that having a birthday party. <laughs> I'll give it back to them. I'll give it back to them. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll find a receipt. Give me that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Autumn, what is the worst Christmas gift Uh, you've ever received? I think it would have to be, I think it was re-gifted to me, actually. I think it was um, someone I used to know. (laughs) Their mom's purse that they never wore for a reason because it was from Kato's Closet. About $12, maybe. The leather was not even real leather. It was pleather. I tried to give it to my three-year-old cousin, and she was like, uh-uh, this is grandma purse. And I was Ooh. like, wow, why would you get me this? And this oh is not gosh. even... Thought. People get creative at Christmas. I do I do love it. I think That's the weirdest gift I've ever received was during... I had this internship in college, and we did White Elephant. I was an intern, so I did not contribute to the White Elephant gift-giving portion thing that we had. But I chose a taxidermy book. Do both of you know what taxidermy is? Yeah. And when the f- you stuff dead animals. That just seems like an odd. Someone had done taxidermy photography. And the book was the taxidermy photography. And it was so weird. And I just was like, well, someone can have this. I don't I don't want it. Like, it's terrifying. It was strange. Give a gift. Like it that. was weird. It, they, were being, they were definitely trolling. I think it was one of those things. And I was like, nah. See, now the it next, was weird. The next it was a weird crowd of people to call the police. <laughs> HR and it was a weird crowd. Excuse me, FBI. It was like a public. Check it was out like this a man's nice basement. <laughs> I'm just. It saying. was like a nice published book. Like it was probably something at the bookstore. But what the fuck? You could take that that book right on with you to prison. <sighs> oh my gosh. Well, I guess we all been. Well, here it's, we'll, we'll share what we get this year. That's interesting. Oh yeah, I can't guess. wait. Mm. relationship related news question so for iowa ily mag um ray witt wrote a piece about uh being friends with your exes or being friends with your significant others friends is it doable and if it is how do you approach it i personally feel like being friends with your ex with your friends your significant others friends is a balancing act 
because you don't want to be like too friendly and end up in a situation where, you know, you would slip up and say some shit about your significant other mm-hmm. and it gets back to them. And you don't want to be not friendly enough that everybody thinks that you are the girlfriend or the boyfriend that's like stuck up, don't talk, not fun, you know? Because right. that leaves some space for us. Like as long as soon as you do something wrong, they're going to be quick. They're going to yeah, be quick to shouldn't. be like, you shouldn't have been dealing with her anyway. Her kitchen, her hair is fucked up. Like you should leave her alone. Like, <laughs> you know, any reason to quit messing with you. Yeah. Um, but in the article, the three points that she brought up was, if you're going to do it, remove gender from the equation. Would you treat this friend that's a girl of your significant others versus a boy? Would you treat them the same way? And you should. Mm-hmm. Um, be present. If you're going to be friends with that person, don't do it for performance reasons. You know, connect with them on social media. If it's their birthday, it's happy birthday. Like, it would not be anything too out of the way to, like, bring them, like, a bottle of wine. You know, congratulations on your new achievement mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And lastly, um, treat them how you want to be treated, which I believe is the golden rule across the board mm-hmm. at all times, regardless of what the, the conversation is. But Autumn, you had a really good point about remembering they're your friends, but like they're also natural friends. Right. Yes, I think I agree. Yeah, I think that yeah. it's a very thin line. And especially if it's like, I know you're supposed to take gender out of it, but say like you're hanging out with one of like your boyfriend's girlfriends that he has and like you know like when girls get together if there's like drinks flowing and, like you're having girl talk and then you still have to be like oh my man did this and i don't like it and it's like then the friends go back to the man and then tell the man now it's like a whole issue within the whole relationship you never want to get too comfortable because you never know how close those friends are in the begin to begin with yeah. it's always going to be like i'm going to have my friends back so keep that in the back of your head um but i think it's fine like i think like you said kimiko you never want to seem like you're too distant and like people can't connect with you because then it's like, yo, what's up with this girl? But you yeah. also don't want to seem too friendly either, especially when it comes to like the guy friends too. You never want to be that girl like, or the, the girl in the friend group like, I don't know about her, man. She gave me an eye at the club like, yesterday. She belonged to the streets. Oh, she was texting me on the for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she been out here in these streets. I'm just trying to tell you, you never want to be that. So you got to try lightly with that topic. That's fair. I think what, is, like, what is it Ray J said? Oh, she messed up. She fucked the homies. Oh, she, oh my gosh. She, she fucked the homies. You, a, a guy can tell, too. If a girl is out there for all the homies, it takes one little thing. Hey, she was in my Tinder bio the other day. Now I'm you got to explain yourself. Honest. I think it, like, totally depends on your partner, too. Because I've seen some couples where they're super friendly with each other's friend groups and, mm-hmm. like, even a lot of like se- sexual joking and stuff like that. So it just really depends on the couple and then the friend groups and how their like humor is. Yeah. Just like what the di- different dynamics are. So it's kind of just like you have to be able to observe and like kind of know the temperature of, of a room mm-hmm. slash like what can be said, what can't be said, what's offensive and what's not. But I definitely think like you said, Kamiko, it's a balancing act and Yeah. I always find it, I'm like the observant one. Like, I like to see how everyone is first before I figure out, you know, how friendly we can be or like, you know, what, how the conversations will go. But I don't know, it's like fun to figure it out unless like one of the friends is hella shady and doesn't like you or something. But <laughs> that's fair. I've never been in an awkward situation where it's like someone I'm dating's friend. I think anyone that I've dated, they've always yeah. encouraged me to be friends. Mm-hmm. with their friends but like i've kind of gone for the idea of like i'd rather be friendly with your mm-hmm. friends than to be like 
friend. Because then it's friends. like, does that mean that we're going to do stuff without you present? Exactly. Because no. like, also what happens if like <laughs> the situation where me and my significant other don't work out? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I lose the friends that I had or like, how do we split up friends? It's like splitting mm-hmm. up, like we splitting up like kids and like property and like friends. That's way too much. Messy and real I had a situation, I'll share this really quickly, where I, someone I was dating in college, we broke up. They like did something so fucked up. Then the semester after we broke up, went to live with my male best friend of, at the time. Like in his apartment, became the fourth roommate. And I was like, I'm putting both y'all on pause. For a oh, while, no. it oh, was no. it was a nightmare. But that's like, betrayal. Don't do that, yeah. y'all. Don't betray your friends. Don't be shady, guys. Don't think that everything is not a big deal. It is because mm-hmm. they try to get away with stuff. No, anyway, no, no, no. we're not messy. we're not going to dive deep into that memory. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed. Um, anywho, if you could date somebody, we talked when we talked about Megan Thee Stallion and the baby. <laughs> um, I got you know I got some fan fiction around that. Um, they we talked about work crushes, work base, and things like that. But when it comes to like, is there's a difference between like having like a work crush, you know, mm-hmm. and like actually dating someone at work? So there was a piece in the Washington in the Washington Street Journal in the Wall Street Journal um, that said that after the or during and after like around the Me Too era, now it's making it bosses are cracking down on dating in the workplace. So the question that I want to talk about is just like, what are our thoughts on dating at work? Is it a yes? Is it a no? You know, is it like a one night wham bam thank you, ma'am, please don't mm-hmm. ever talk to me again? What's what are y'all's thoughts on dating at work? Absolutely not. Oh, got it. <laughs> I've always been an advocate, not an advocate, but I've always had this thing. <laughs> Don't no. do it. Don't do it. But hey, it's bro, like, <laughs> I think about it like this. Do you want to see this person from sunup to sundown? Like you spend a majority of your time at work Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So say you're dating this person. You're going to want to spend time with them outside of work too. Like that's just natural. Yeah. So now you want to see this person Monday through Friday, then like nine to five or whatever, then go home and then see him again or see them like two days later. It just can get a little too messy. And then if y'all do have a fight, then it can be brought into the office now. Mm. Now people know. Now people are siding with each other. It can just go real left real quick. And I'm saying it's a experience, but I'm not going to talk about it. But I'm just saying it didn't work out. <laughs> I would never do it again. I think that we all need our boundaries. And they're set here for a reason. <laughs> Listen to me, children. <laughs> I'm saying this no. came from a bad place. And I'm letting you know <laughs> from experience. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I sense the hurt energy. Whew. Um, stressful. I think for me, I am not a person that could compartmentalize those two those two things in that's, a professional mm, setting. That's a good point. I need to focus at work and like be hella productive, and I can't be like over here daydreaming or like making eye contact with you across the room, like no Jim and Pam <laughs> situation. Like I, I'm not wouldn't be good at that. Um, I've also seen like my stepmom and my dad. I don't know if they're going to hear this, but they have um. Uh, business together and I'm like yeah they're like at each other's throats so I, I've learned my lesson from just observing that and so I think they should definitely be separate unless it's like two people who are great at compartmentalizing and like know how to still do planning outside of work yeah for mm-hmm. like quality time I would say and this is vulgar <laughs> but I'm gonna say it anyways I think I could forgive a quick 
a quickie. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. A wham, bam, thank you, ma'am situation. But I don't know because I don't know about like a full on dating situation. Dating is where y'all would like the things that y'all were saying definitely comes in. And like, there's such a huge potential to fumble your bag. Oh, you know, where it's just like now you've got your emotions caught up in this person, you know, and that takes a toll on your work, whether it be positive feelings of you making Google eyes at them and you not focusing on the meeting at hand, or it's just like, you know, you want to stab them in the neck because something that they did to you. And now all of a sudden, HR sitting at your desk because you've been sending threatening emails. You never want to be in that predicament. Yeah. There's too many layers. There's too many layers. There's too many things that could happen to make it like. I think I dropped them off. I know I would. <laughs> I'd be at work trying to tweak. Oh, my man, look. I mean, um, <laughs> just in, this is happening. <laughs> News. <laughs> News. Not my man. News. But them khaki pants. You would like accidentally like, tweet a text to the group chat. And, yes, like, I would be that person. The whole newsroom would like be at your desk. Yeah. yeah let's not. Let's you don't send an email like, meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> For a quickie ad. Like, wait a minute. You're going to send it to all of the staff and it's like, oh, wait, whoa, whoa. What's going on in the Slack channel? HR's ex, ma'am? Do you, can you meet me in my office? Can no, you? no, pack your things. <laughs> you don't need to keep the laptop there. You don't need that no more. Definitely pack oh your things. God. Yeah, I couldn't do it. That's a lot. Wow. Um, so moving into our next story or relationship related uh, story, HuffPo, HuffPost did a personal essay, published a personal essay um, by a woman who, after being married, at 29, was married to her husband for two years, I think. After he passed away, she found out, a friend told her that her man was cheating. Hmm. Wait, how long after you said? I think a couple of months afterward. Yeah. A couple of months afterward. Like, so she gets married, has bad feels about it from the start, but does it anyways. He dies. She's grief stricken, naturally. And then a friend hits her up and was like, yo, I hate to do this right now, but your man was cheating on you. Like, and that's like a whole nother layer of grief that you go through all over again. You know, not only are you sad that your husband has died and you're like grieving, like the loss of your husband. Now it's just like, you're grieving the loss of your husband all over again. Cause you know, like he didn't belong to you in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know? And you're discovering like multiple women had a piece of your husband. It's just like, I, could not wrap my head around that. Somebody would have to pull me off that man's grave. I think that just thinking about that story just makes me cringe first and foremost, because for me, a big thing is closure. Like if I go through a breakup, I would like someday to have closure of asking like, if you did cheat, why? Like what was wrong with the relationship? Why wasn't I good enough for you? Why did you have to go outside? She does never get to get that. Her confidence is probably shot. Her chances of ever being happy again or, or like little to none. Cause it's like you in the back of your head, you're like, I was cheated on this many times. Why wasn't I good enough? And then now you're second guessing yourself in every other relationship. Yeah. Um, that to me will be a lot to get over. I want to know more about the friend and why she decided to share that with her two months after the fact. That's another really good it's point. It's just kind of like if, if you're a really good friend and you see like the pain I'm going through, it's almost like, do you share that? What, like you said, there's not going to be any closure head. Like, what are the pros to mm-hmm. even to this information being shared with me? Like, it just kind of prolongs my grief and hurt 
and like now I'm gonna be overthinking and like everything you go. Yeah, I just don't. That's fair. It almost feels like kind of malicious to me. Right. Like, how do you balance something like that? Like, how do you kind of think in your head and be like, okay, so I have this. I've thought about this several times. Like, if I have like damning information, you know, about something related to my friend, like, do I tell them? You know, or do I keep that to myself? Because you have to think about like the outcome. It's just like, okay, like what does this do for said friend? Mm-hmm. Does this benefit them? Can they do anything about it? Can they act on it? Because like in this case, like she can't act on it. And I mean, like, I guess it's always, I mean, it's always good to know the truth, but like, unless it was like a health related thing yeah, or like one of them got pregnant, one of his side pieces, you know? Or I guess for health too, like if like, hey, you might want to get tested or this and that found out some stuff absolutely true you have to assess where the person is emotionally yeah yeah like if i if the girl like i don't know if we just randomly came up on the topic she's like i just went to the doctor i have a clean bill of health i'd be like well guess i'll shut my mouth right (laughs) yeah if you're good (laughs) right you know now that i'm thinking about it more it's like it would be hard not to tell my friend like damn i just want you to know but also like your mental health matters so much more Hmm. How do you? I would just journal about it. I don't know. It's like how do you? Yeah, that would be on both sides. Dear diary, that'd be right. Dear diary, shit. I got tea tea to spill. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Moments of the week. Let's talk about the moments of the week. I guess last two weeks. So much good has been happening just so quickly. Um, I guess first we want to say rest in peace to young rapper Juice World, who is no longer with us. If you've heard the news, he um, supposedly overdosed on Percocet. That's what it? the I'm sorry. reports are yeah. saying. That, are those the reports? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, we just want to. I quickly just touch on, you know, the use in, you know, a lot of young rappers turning to pills and other substances because of them feeling like no one's listening to their mental health, um, just signs or, you know, I, th- I think there are so many, so many layers to it, but I do think we want to talk about just the mental health issues with, you know, the young generation um i think that's fair as we transition into like a more digital era and just like what's going on with that generation and just them keep trying to keep up with each other and the mental yeah. health toll um, i think i don't know what was he he had just turned 21, 21. six days from. so i don't know yeah. if that's considered a gen z or a millennial but i know that just from like conversations, projects that I've worked on at work and things like that, like they're a lot more open about their mental health than mm-hmm. any other generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still seems that sometimes the stigma of what you're supposed to be as a man still conflicts mm-hmm. with your mental, the importance of mental health. I still feel like, like, you know, I don't know if there's space, you know, for a rapper to openly be like, yes, I go see a therapist and yes, I struggle with drug addiction and it's not something that I'm proud of. You know, it's something that I'm struggling with. Um, you know, I feel like it's still 
glorified mm-hmm. drug usage. Um, I feel like there needs to be a lot more work happening around just like prioritizing the mental health. Um, now, given there's some more, um, some more to Juice World's story, according to reports about like how he passed away and whatnot. Um, but I think the important part of it is to make sure that we're focusing, like giving space to young brown people and especially black men to like say, to, to, to go and get mental health help without fear of judgment. Right. I agree. Right. I, I think that's always been a very sensitive topic. Um, but like you were saying, this generation or whatever generation he was in, they seem to be more open with talking about like, I've had issues growing up. Like, um, music was like my outlet, this and that, like, I want to reach people in a different way. Whereas if you look at the older generations, it was like, if you talked about your mental health as a brown person, especially a black man, you were looked at as being weak. Weak, like, yeah. You can't Feminine. cry. Yeah. Three years old, it's like, you're crying, man up. So I, I think that it's always going to be a conversation of like, these are humans, you know, mm-hmm. take the gender out of it and just say like, yo, like they have feelings too. Like they go through stuff just like women do. And right. we have to respect that. Because if Megan The Stallion came back and was just like, I go see a mental health specialist. Like I talked to somebody. I don't, yeah, I think people yeah. would give her applause. They would praise her. Like, I feel like anybody on the internet wouldn't be like, that's some weak stuff. Yeah. But I feel like if a male rapper was to do it, like as much as we preach mental health and things like that, I still feel like there would still be people that would just be like, oh, sideways. Right. There you would know? be those, those, yeah people who are just still very stuck in that like gender binary right where it's uh, just like the only way to cope is like especially in our culture i Mm -hmm. feel like we i don't know i think in the african-american community like a lot of stuff we make a joke out of and sometimes it's like sometimes we make a joke out of stuff like it's like to survive type shit and then other times we make a joke about like certain mental health things um that I think doesn't help us take it any more seriously. Right. Um, and so I know we do have rappers like Kid Cudi and like Common who have been very vocal about them going to therapy and but like, like even if you look drugs, at like but it's not Kid Cudi and Kanye, like they both got clowned. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. people call them crazy yeah. and all that. I mean Kanye hell. is a great example. It's like that's a perfect we basically example. been on the journey with him and although that he's man done has other come out things, and said he was just done like, a lot. I'm struggling like in a mental space. Yeah, it's like that man's wild. He's yeah. crazy. And, you know, like, you don't take the mental health aspect of it. Like, it seriously. seriously yeah. Like, I'm sh- Until they die. That's the sad part. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, R.I.P. He was yeah. such a legend. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Okay. You, you gotta know? shift the conversation for sure. Absolutely. Earlier yeah. on. That's what we have to do. Way yeah. earlier on. I cannot wait till the last minute. Whew. Hoping for better days. Um, what else has been happening this week? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm not gonna say too much about this one, but R. Kelly, um, his past finally caught up with him um, again. Some more, um, but I mean, I, I, they've they've gotten onto him and charged him with several things. But this, I think, now they're charging him for oh, his interactions with Aaliyah, mm. which good. That's a good. Good. I feel like as much as we give Aaliyah high praise, like after I watched the documentary, the Lifetime documentary. It's just like, I couldn't imagine at that age being manipulated, you know, like you want to be part of the music industry and like you popping off and like things are going great for you. And like you have someone who should be a mentor to you, mm-hmm. you know, look up to so much. Exactly. And except like they kind of take advantage of you yeah. and things like that. Like that, ex- that, that just does not seem fair at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
as far as R. Kelly goes, like in general, I don't have no sympathy for that man. Um, sorry to that man, you know, um, sucks to suck. I'm not sure. I have, I like, I, I have no words about, about him these days. Um, but I, I do hope some type of justice. I mean, rest in peace, Aaliyah. She's not with us, but her family is. Mm-hmm. And I hope some justice in, um, is served in this situation because, you know, they're the ones who've had to deal with this case for decades. Um, for decades and it's really unfortunate, you know. Um, but to end on a happy note, yeah. there are four Black women who are crown-holding queens. Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, Miss Universe, and Miss America. All Black women. I yes. think what makes especially mm-hmm. this happy for me is just like, they all have like, Different hairstyles, mm-hmm. different skin tones, different like, but you know, there's like, like diversity. There's the diversity, blackness. you know. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times when we see black women, like you either see like light skin, curly hair, or ebony queen. Like you don't really get like a mix of like sure, all yeah. different types of, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like people will see like a black girl with like mad long hair, but are you mixed with something? No, she could just be black. But the thing is, like, you have not been exposed mm-hmm. to all these different type of black women. So I feel like this is phenomenal that these women have it's been beautiful crowned. it's, it's about time. amazing representation is real and also that speaks to the black is beautiful absolutely and it's like you don't have to look one way that's like projected like there are mm-hmm. so many different types of beauty that is represented here mm-hmm. i think in this pageant um i don't even know what the proper term is but in like this pageant that goes from like state to country, to like region, and then Miss Universe. Um, I think more inclusion and diversity is being had. Yeah. Um, my little sister actually just participated in the Miss Team Maryland pageant. Oh yeah. Um, in November, beginning of November, and she, I asked her about her experience because I wasn't able to be there for it, but it was pretty diverse. I mean, I think there were a lot of young black girls, like from the ages of like thirteen to eighteen. Um, within the competition and so that made me like really happy that you know I think more diversity and like more color is being brought into these Speaking pageants of colors <laughs> there was a clip of Steve Harvey <laughs> y'all tried to get him y'all again gonna leave, that man <laughs> leave my brother so alone. he was represent. they were speaking to someone from Malaysia and he's just mm-hmm. like, this is so-and-so from the Philippines. You, she got this beautiful dress on, blase, blase. And she takes the mic from him. She's just like, I don't want to interrupt, but Steve, I'm from Malaysia. <laughs> and he was like, God damn it. He was like, the, the prompter said, Philippines, y'all not going to do this to me again. Y'all keep trying me. I think he handled it a lot better than what I would have handled it. I'd have been like, take off the tuxedo, <laughs> leave the mic there. We're done. Y'all not going to do me like this again. Because last time he got a lot of backlash about that. No, it did. was so embarrassing. People was clowning yeah. him so bad. At least in this moment, it wasn't like those three seconds where you're waiting to hear the winner. So I think oh, it was yes. like in yeah. compared, not that it was good that they messed up the teleprompters, but in comparison to last time, it was less embarrassing. I was um, too. That was so see, But he's tired of y'all. Soon. He was ready to walk away. He said, look, this wasn't me. I'm tired of y'all typing this up wrong. And then I'm getting, getting me in trouble. No, that was hilarious. But yes, shout out to the four queens out here. Just 
giving, I think it's just so important for young girls and teens to have representation. I have two younger sisters, so I'm just, I really care about this and I need them to see themselves. I need them to see women with dreads and natural hair, just like them in the media and who are becoming like a normal standard of beauty versus, Mm -hmm. you know, the European, you know, standards. Standards. So things are changing y'all and we should be excited. Shouts to these beautiful women. Queen. Let's jump into personal updates. How's everybody doing? I'm cold. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's I'm cold a, outside. I'm, time. I'm, I'm cold and tired. Also, it smells but... like poop outside. Oh, yo, please. Somebody. <laughs> where me and Kamiko live. Somebody. Don't tell them where we live. Uh, no, I'm not. This, I'm not. This neighborhood. Where, where we live, someone decided to take a shit somewhere around these streets. Somebody and I'm going to find did. out where. It smells horrible. I'm sorry, y'all. They it had really us walking does. in the house like, is it us? Did we use the bathroom? You know what? Ourselves? I or thought that, like, I was like, did I sit and poop on the subway? Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that's how bad it was. It was so, like, the thing is, like, I kept walking, like, I checked the bottom of my is shoes. Is it this whole twice. block? It's the, it's whole, the whole block. block. From the train, well, coming off the train to when you get to the apartment. And then in the building, too, you can smell something. You know what? I've smelled. Now we're, we're talking about it now, and it's like, I can, it's like I'm smelling, I don't smell it, but it's like. You had to smell that something. Well, you're going to go back out, you're going to smell it. <laughs> I'm going to hold my breath. Oh, um, smelly dookie out there. Someone's Are you all ready for a new decade? No. no. Y'all need, I'm going to need y'all to <laughs> set some intentions and come with some more enthusiasm before we enter you 2020. Know I did start <laughs> a bullet journal that's going to make me more intentional oh, in 2020. Oh, um, we'll see if I stick I to it. it. But I do want to make, I want to hold myself accountable. I want my life, my year to be broken up into quarters. So Q1, just like a business, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, where I'm checking in with myself. I'm like, Mm -hmm. did you achieve the goals that you had set for yourself Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this quarter? You know, if you said that you wanted to sign up for an improv class, did you do that? Did you go to the improv classes? If you said you want to be more active with Lexi and her training, my dog, shout out to her. Did you do that? Did you sign her up for the classes? Did you go? What did she learn? That type Mm -hmm. of thing. And I think that'll help me live like a much more intentional 2020 so when i come into 2021 i can be very proud of what right. i've accomplished yeah. exactly and see like be able to really track my growth i love that accountability yay yes. and i think breaking it up into corners make corners quarters makes it more digestible mm-hmm. to yeah. just to like think about four months here four months yeah there. i think month over month day over day we go yeah. we can be like very overwhelming mm-hmm so I think splitting up into quarters and then like, not to mention like kind of coincides with like your job. Cause I, I know my, my company is going to look and be like, all right, what do we do? Q1 yeah. we to go over it. And that kind of okay. like brings it into my head and being like, mm-hmm. okay, so like this is what we're doing for Q1. This is the work that I put out for my work. You know, like let's do some internal reflection and see what I've done for my personal life. Right. 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 I love that. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, it's, I'm now approaching my, year in new york city i've survived so far yeah i'm excited for the future um it's actually my first winter in new york well i came in january last year but like the holiday season so okay it's a beautiful time for me i'm living life i love it how about you i'm cold and tired but i am excited for a new year i love change and new beginnings so And I really like thinking about 2020 as just like this year of like clarity and vision and like acting on it because of like 2020 vision. 
And so oh, there she goes. <laughs> <laughs> so how she did that, y'all? She said 20, 2020 vision. And so I don't know. I just felt like it's so I see she held out for a so pause and she was like, this so symbolic. She was like, 2020 year versus. Um, I'm blind, so I have to, you know, I have to be enthusiastic about the vision (laughs) that I'm seeing in my head because I'm so blind, y'all. I probably need a new contact and glasses prescription. Anyway, when it comes to the vision. And it comes to the (laughs) You see how they're clowning me right now? It's all right. I'm going to make a mental note of this. It was cute. I like that. I'm anyway, that I'm excited for a new year. And just 2019 was quite a journey um, for me. And I feel like a lot of people close to me. So I think we're all like, okay, take a deep breath. Let's enter like a blank slate. So we'll see what happens. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. But if you guys actually, I'd like to invite the audience in on this. For our listeners, please email us or shoot us a tweet or DM us. I want to know what are you guys' 2020 plans and how do you approach like a new year? What's your planning mm-hmm. method? Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that you're living your best life? You know? Um, and how do we get rid of that meme? The girl that's walking up them stairs and leave behind a bag. Oh my way. Lord. I'm so tired of that. Again. Tired meme. Where were Drew? New year, new me. <laughs> I'm finna boss up on these. No, 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 no. Let's see it though. Let's see it. I want to see the growth. <laughs> say less. Say less. Well, as always, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Love Pop Culture. We are always so happy to have you guys. Um, we're your host, Kamiko Autumn Nashley. Be sure to like, rate, and review. It gives new listeners an easy way to find us um, and uh, gives us a little boost of confidence. <laughs> this episode is produced by Stephanie Karaoke with audio, sound editing by Simon Illa, and music by Matt B. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.